0: Good afternoon, everyone out there in Facebook land. Uh, Welcome to Lunch Hour.
1: My name's Danny, and... What's up, guys? So good to be with you guys. So excited about today. So excited. Yeah. Over the last few weeks, we have been... It's because I'm a seven. I'm always excited. Just FYI. You'll find out about that in a second.
0: Over the last few weeks, we have been talking about the Enneagram, which is essentially a helpful tool that for both Renault and for myself, it's been really helpful in discovering more about ourselves and also how to live in empathy with others. It's driven us closer toward Jesus, which is really the, hopefully the goal of any good tool. Uh, So we have been recapping over the last few weeks about Enneagram triads um, but before we get into our third and final triad I did want to just point out that next week we are going to be kind of having Mm. a great uh, question response time called ask anything so that's the topic and you can ask questions about anything. Obviously, about Enneagram-related Enneagram questions that you might have, feel free to send those to us. Uh, you can email us at lunchhour at thisismosaic.org. And with any of those questions, the sooner you send those questions to us, this, um, the more prepared our team can be to be able to answer those questions for you next week.
1: So that is next week. Yep. And, of course, you can ask, as Danny said, questions about Enneagram or anything From weeks past, or anything we've never covered. Absolutely. If you have questions, send them. And next week, if you didn't send your question, you're welcome to post it as we discuss. It'll just be a little more challenging to perhaps get to it if we're answering a bunch. So we can't wait for that. It's yeah. gonna be a ton of fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, René, we have been talking about this concept of triads, yep. and we have one final triad we enter into today. But yes. before we get there,
1: can you just kind of recap for us the whole concept of triads within yeah, the? Yeah, absolutely. Instagram? So, as you guys may remember from the last couple of weeks, uh, the nine different personality types are grouped into three triads, and a triad, of course, being three of them together. And the way that they're grouped, uh, what, what creates the commonality between the three that are grouped in each triad is uh, the point from which they kind of live out their life. So the first triad we dealt with, which is the eight, the nine, and the one, they are the gut triad instinct. So they look at life and they... They have this beautiful wiring by God that they can instinctually just move. And so they go from their gut. They, they see it. They go. Yes, they process. Yes, they feel. But their primary space is gut. Then the triad we dealt with last week is the feeling triad, which is the two, three, and four, where they feel, they empathize, they engage with life, or they escape from feelings like the three versus the two. So they feel deeply, um, and in that feeling, they respond, and again, or protect, Mm -hmm. self-preservation or engagement. This week, we engage with the head triad, the thinkers. Mm -hmm. These are the people that before they feel and before they uh, act by gut, they are processing it. And what you will notice in this triad, which is kind of fun, is again how very differently it is expressed in each of the three numbers. So just like when we got to the feeling triad and you hit your number three and you're like, threes don't have feelings. Well, it's not that. It's that they have learned to ignore or escape their feelings. In the same way, this one's interesting because you're going to have your five who internally processes everything. They, they think Inwardly, they, they need to get away. Then you have your sixes who are constantly planning for every potential scenario. They think yeah. outwardly. Mm-hmm. And then your sevens, you might go, they're not head people, they're heart people, they're gut people. I've, I'm a seven, so I've always said, man, I jump out of the plane before I think. Well, that's not actually totally true. It's what I'm thinking about that's so different, but I'm, I'm always strategic in my thinking. So the seven, though they may seem like a gut or a feeling person, Mm -hmm. it turns out they're very carefully thinking through everything beforehand because they're escape artists of some kind, which we'll we'll get to. So um, this is now the head triad, the people that think and then engage um, in life versus gut or heart triad. So we're going to do five, six, and seven today. So today we're going to enter
0: into the head center talking about those Three numbers that default towards the thoughts of the mind. I love the way that you just unpack the triads. Uh, so as we enter in, we are going to really unpack. Uh, different concepts about each one of these yep. numbers. Uh, and what's going to be really cool is when we get to the seven, since we have our resident seven, Renault here, whoop whoop. he'll be able to speak into that for himself. And hopefully if you also identify as a seven, that may be yep. helpful Absolutely. for you. So let's jump in with the type five. Who is the
1: five? Absolutely. So um, as we've said in the weeks past, I- I'm using paper on this. I always say that because I'm just so not a notes person. But, but um <laughs> We, we've worked so hard, uh, Rick Bonner, uh, our, our discipleship pastor, and his team have worked so hard over the months to carefully and strategically put this into thought that it makes no sense for us to kind of uh, rumble our way through it when we can really Absolutely. engage. So this is beautifully put. So <clears throat> type fives out there, or if you know a type five or uh, are in some friendship or relationship with a type five, um, here they are, the wise person mm. or the investigator is what we call them, um, and I, I, I love again just the beauty of what that automatically just lays on the table. They are perceptive, they are detached. <laughs> I love that our words are both brutal and beautiful. Mm-hmm. They are isolated, they are informed, they are intuitive, and they are innovative. I'm not intuitive. I'm sorry. They are innovative and they are introverted. Yeah. So that's a quick. Generalization of the general sense yeah. of the five,
0: and like you mentioned in past weeks, with those initial words, uh, if you identify as a five, that might immediately <clears throat> make you go, "Hey, how dare they say that about me?" Yeah. But those are, like you said, those words are not necessarily good or bad. They just kind of are. They're descriptive. They're descriptive. Not, yeah. uh, not meant yeah. to be. Each of our numbers
1: have had yeah. descriptive words that both sound like innovative or detached, and, yeah. and you're like, "Well, we'll we'll yeah. see how Absolutely. that plays yeah. out." So. The fives, here we go, ready? If you, I, man, I love every one of the numbers because I love the people that are represented in these numbers by the wiring that God has given them. Type fives, seek wisdom and knowledge to better understand the, uh, how the world works. For they see the world in terms of reason, knowledge, learning, and storing up information. So the more we know about something the more we can reasonably understand how it works, the more we can engage in what is truth. Life is about having insights, learning about things, and seeing how everything fits together. They tend to be highly innovative, uh, contemplative, Mm -hmm. and inventive, those are beautiful words. They love to observe, to listen, to evaluate, therefore they can make great counselors, great teachers, great judges. And many other things, but those are some of the ideas. When a five holds to a core conviction, they can be powerfully influential because they will support their case with careful reasoning. Fives would rather find truth themselves than trust someone else's word. Mm. So they'll hear you, but then they're going to go, let me go and investigate that to make sure that we're clear on that. They are rational and focused individuals being thoughtful and careful in all that they do. They are stable, level-headed, and objective in their thinking. They can remain calm in chaos, and they enjoy helping others see things from different perspectives. They are not prone to self-promotion, so they will use social media to keep up with others more than they will use it to advertise their own lives. So it's just an interesting in our cultural context, context of how a five works. I'm watching you, but I don't feel like I need to throw myself on the table. Mm-hmm. So um, in, in the world of the five, uh, where do they then land? Okay, so listen to this. Um, they perceive the world as a dangerous place. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, I, if I don't know what's going on mm-hmm. and I don't understand everything, it's definitely dangerous. They live in a compartmentalized life detached from their emotions. If you ask a five what they feel, they will tell you what they think. Mm -hmm. So there's that beautiful little sentence. How do you feel about this? And what will come out of their mouth is what they think about that, uh, without even a second thought. Due to fear of being vulnerable and known, many fives lack the ability to be open and generous with themselves. They hide behind their wealth of knowledge And live inside their own minds of all the types five are the most emotionally neutral or detached of the enneagram types they can experience a feeling and then let go of it they think their way out of most of their problems and predicaments Mm -hmm. they are constantly preparing and equipping themselves to develop their minds often at the expense of engaging their bodies they are ferocious data acquisitionists Mm -hmm. okay so they are motivated by the desire to be capable and competent Mm -hmm. however in this desire unhealthy fives will tend toward the false belief that they must withdraw and keep their resources to themselves out of fear of being intruded upon Mm -hmm. they struggle to trust other people this autonomous lifestyle they often lead to a um often leads to a five running from relationships that may threaten their autonomy to disconnection from others altogether. uh, Their personality can resemble a castle, this is well put, a high and impenetrable structure with tiny windows at the very top. Being committed intellectuals, they can become argumentative and cynical. If they allow themselves to continue down this unhealthy track, they may tend toward reclusiveness and aloneness. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where a five tends to live in an unhealthy version. We're yeah. in the healthy version we heard in that first paragraph. Yeah. So healthy or at their best. Here's the yeah. words that describe you fives. We love you guys. Uh, ladies, this is awesome. Analytical, wise, insightful, perceptive, curious, objective, witty, um, perceiving, thorough, knowledgeable, rational, rational, and observant. That's so
0: good. And before we get to the next list, I just wanted to pause on one word in particular that you said that I think is so good to describe the five. Curious. Curious. They're curious. In fact, uh, there's a quote by a theologian, G.K. Chesterton, um, who's long since dead, but he remarked this. He said, We have sinned and grown old and cynical, but our father is younger than we. He has the eternal curiosity of infancy. Because you see, the, the five is a demonstration of God's wisdom, truth, and curiosity. Yep. And that can kind of sound a little odd that God is curious, but God is
1: captivated by everything, right, Renata? Yeah. Uh, look, when we say things like this, God is curious, we relate it directly to how we experience mm-hmm. curiosity. We are, the, we are people or, or creatures that experience curiosity. Yeah. So we don't know things, so we go be curious about mm-hmm. them. Remember, God embodies all things that we experience because we are image bearers of God. So if we have curiosity, it's because God embodies curiosity. God is not curious in the same way we are insofar as there's things he does not know. His curiosity is the very essence and nature of his creativity as well. Yeah. And so the five is in God's scheme of humanity the body of Christ the carrier if you will mm-hmm. of curiosity truth wisdom and knowledge that's what the five displays of God in their healthy form so a five's insatiable sense of curiosity i'm going to go figure this out helps us see God yeah. beautifully because they're going to go deeper it. and be like and try to discover let me find out
0: more about who Jesus is, about the spirit of God, about the father. Like that is a beautiful thing it, that they can is. bring
1: to. And any, about everything that is yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I, I love the world of the five uniquely because mm-hmm. um, when a seven is stressed, we will behave like the negative list of the one. Mm-hmm. When a seven is not stressed, is completely relaxed, we behave like the positive list of the five. Mm-hmm. So sevens are very curious people when they're, when they're not stressed because we, we tap into you fives. We're like, ooh, let's go. And so I, stuff there. I feel the five yeah. because when I'm mm-hmm. at my best, I will actually feel many of the things the five feels. Yeah. So unhealthy fives at their worst, here they are. Over analyzing, heady, cynical, fear of their feelings, detached, distant, closed off, aloof, self-reliant, stubborn, stingy, withdrawn, easily depleted. Mm -hmm. So again, with each number we've said this, you're going to have some of each list in your life right now because none of us are fully the perfect healthy version of ourselves and very few of us are fully the unhealthy version of ourselves uh, we are a combination of the both, which is why I continue to come back to what I love uh, that Enneagram experts tend to say, and John, one of my friends, says so well, the Enneagram does not put you in a box. It tells you what box you're in and helps you with ways to become the best version of that and to get out of some of the areas of that box. So yeah. as we see, oh, wow, this is where I'm unhealthy. This is where I'm healthy. We can move toward health. So the fives false narrative, the belief system in the five, That is not true. It is not safe to depend on others. It is not safe to be vulnerable. I must know everything. I must understand everything before I engage in anything because it is not safe to trust others and to be vulnerable. And I'm not vulnerable when I'm the smartest person in the room and I know more than everybody else. And then I don't have to trust anyone because the person I trust is me, or better said, my knowledge of all things. Um, survival strategy. I must be self-sufficient, put up walls and store up information. I must be knowledgeable and equipped at all times. That's why fives hate being surprised. You do not want to roll into a five's life with a question in a crowd in public that they're not ready to answer. They will not like you. Yeah. So Because it makes them feel all the things that I yes, hear. That okay. So how do we best love a type five? You're going mm-hmm. to hear some of that in here. First of all, be independent and not clingy, please. So a five just appreciates people that kind of jump in and are mm-hmm. independent. Give me space. I need a lot of alone time to recharge and process my thoughts and especially my feelings. Okay. Speak in, brief and, uh, in a brief and straightforward manner. Yeah. With a five, just kind of get to the point. Yeah. Appreciate my objectivity, my intellect, and my wit. Fives can be very witty, that sort of beautiful dry humor that you just, you gotta be smart to catch it. And fives are, are incredible at that. Uh, appreciate that. Know that um, I express my feelings often by doing things for you. So when a five is doing something for you, Look past that and go, what are they expressing in a feeling by doing something for me? And then appreciate both the doing and what that probably was saying about how they feel about you. Tell me what I need in a matter-of-fact manner rather than in a demanding manner. Mm. So just, hey, I I need this from you instead of, please, you got it. don't make it dramatic. Don't make it dramatic, don't get emotional, just tell me what you need and I'll, I'll get right on it. Never embarrass me in public or put me on the spot. Fives don't like that uh, because they feel very vulnerable then, and they're not ready, and that's not, not a place they like to be. I typically do not like surprises. This is a five speaking. Give me plenty of time and space and tell me my boundaries, my deadlines, and your expectations. You might as well, because I'm going to take my own sweet time anyway, because I have to get everything figured out of my head <laughs> before I move forward. So with a five, especially if a five is in a space with you in a relationship or in a workplace... The more you can give them um, boundaries, deadlines, and expectations, the more they will be adequately prepared and give you what you need. Yeah. The more you keep it ambiguous, just go get this done and please do it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Not helpful.
0: For almost all of these, there's a very consistent theme of the five desires clarity. Just be clear. Clear. Yeah. Yeah. That's just right. make sure that it is just so obvious what you want. Don't make them read between the lines, because that's, that's not clear, and that's only going to make it more emotional than the five needs it to be. Just tell them what you want, yep. and right. they're probably going to get it done probably well. That's right. Yeah.
1: Now, in all of the numbers, the way we love a number is not just by meeting them where they are and leaving mm-hmm. them there. It's also by drawing them mm-hmm. beyond where they are, yeah. right? So. There's ways to love a number by saying, I know how you think, so I'm going to try to meet you there. But also the way you think is limited because if all you do is live in your head and you never feel, Mm -hmm. fives, you can't be fully you if you never feel and you never engage in those feelings. Mm. So here's a couple of ways we also love fives. Know that I do not like intrusions on my privacy, but at the same time, help me not live there, Mm. right? Don't intrude my privacy, but gently walk beyond the wall I've put up. Mm Don't force me to act more enthusiastically than I feel. Um, I can act. I may be enjoying life more than it looks. But also engage in the areas that I'm enjoying. Not saying, please, can you be a little more excited? Mm -hmm. But rather things like, are you excited about this? With a nice smile, you're pulling me in, but you're not telling me I'm not in. Okay. Be objective when working out interpersonal problems. So this is beautiful. Don't get emotional on me, or it may not go well, but help me tap into my feelings. So don't go emotional on me, but don't ignore emotions for me. Help me move forward instead of being only in my head, but do it gently and repeatedly, Mm -hmm. not dramatically. So those are some of the ways we love fives well. Um, Fives, the verses that will be good for you to memorize. Uh, that will help uh, That will help both honor who God has made you and draw you out of where you might get stuck. First Timothy 2, 3, and 4. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We love that you guys are seekers of truth. We need you doing that for us. Then there's also verses like this that help you get out of your only stuck place. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. So it is more than with all of your head. And so there's verses like that. John fourteen twenty five and 26. Go read that. It's awesome. First Corinthians three sixteen. another great verse that speaks to that we're getting truth, not just from ourselves, but from a bigger space. A gospel message. Type fives need re-spoken to them for healing and growth. Here it is. The only knowledge that can protect me is the saving knowledge of the truth of the gospel. Jesus is my refuge. And when I hide myself in him, I am free to live an open life with God as well as with others. I do not have to protect myself from intrusion. I can be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. See, fives, you believe that um, it would read this way. The only knowledge that can protect me um, is the knowledge I've gathered for myself. The more I know, the more protected I am. Yeah. That's not true. The more you know Jesus, mm-hmm. the more free you are to not have to self-protect with all the knowledge you have. Yeah. So that is the five um, fives. You are the piece to our puzzle as a as a body of Christ that shows us curiosity, wisdom, and truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, We are going to help you uh, go beyond that and engage in your feelings and be more emotionally present, but also honor what you bring to our table. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and you bring objectivity that for some of the rest of us who can get lost in our emotions or even in our instincts. And the beautiful part, though, is that I love the way you brought it back to the gospel. Like, ultimately... They can drop, the, the five has the freedom now in Christ who dropped the defenses. And I love in the Sleeping At Last song, mm. on the five, it's, this is um, the way Ryan O'Neill writes it. He says, I'm hypnotized by this anomaly, such strange uncharted territory. A white flag waves in the dark between my head and my heart. My armor falls apart as if I could let myself be seen, even deeply known, like I was already brave enough to let go. Like this, like this is a beautiful journey that the five gets to go on as you discover freedom that is available in Christ, that to trust the security of God, not security for self, that the armor falls apart because the true armor of God is already present. And yes. that is such a beautiful reminder. So I hope that if you are a five, that you, would, that you would understand that, that you would step into that you would meditate on the beauty of the gospel for you, that you were created to be a, God, a reflection of God's
1: wisdom and truth and that's an important thing that you bring that's to right. any community you're a part and, of. And fives or those who know fives and love fives, remember, you need a lot of space to process, but you can get stuck in that space if not careful. Yeah. And so you want to do both. Have your space to process, but we are here to draw you out of that space to engage fully in the, in the greater humanity. And that is the beauty of fives. Yeah, so, absolutely. Should types, we move on to type six? Type six. Anybody fun? That um, we've seen. I haven't said hi to you guys. Um, Give
0: me just one second. Let me see. Yeah, we've actually had a bunch of awesome friends. Yeah, yeah, you're so right right now. We have Lynn Mon. What's uh, up, Lynn? John and April Gill. Hey, guys. uh, Eddie from Brazil.
1: Eddie, Oh,
0: come on now. It's great to see you. (laughs) We have Carrie Waters. Carrie. Angela um oh we have so good to see you guys Charred, um chard clark uh of course obi is listening in because up, obi? obi's always on here what's up man yeah. uh, Vivian, um um did I say that right? Viviani, uh, Suzanne, Michelle, Christopher, Corey, Tim, Maggie, yes. Candy. Guys, so many awesome people. Emily, so Natalie, Yara, and if anyone else, sorry, I didn't get to your name right just this second, but just so many great people are on here. So uh, good to see and, you guys. and specifically, Candy uh, says that she is a six. So as we enter into the six, here right, we go. we're going to of accountability for
1: that. Love jump it. in. So Candy, right. as we go through this, Tell me if you feel it. All right. It's awesome. Here we go. The loyal person uh, or the questioner. So um, I, I, I'm going to say this uh, just because some of the numbers, as I've gotten to know some of my friends are those numbers. And, and one of my best friends Scott south as a six. And so in, in my world, like I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, having a six in my life is awesome. But um, I, I always say of the sixes, uh, they are the headlights on our car as a human race, we're driving down the road. There's dark territory, and we're just all going. Yeah. And the sixes is the ones going. Is anyone else seeing this? Is anyone else? There is a turn coming up, and if we don't turn, we're going to die. Yeah. And and so the sixes in their best form are the headlights, and the sixes in their worst form are the person in the back of the car screaming the entire time that we're going to die. Yeah. Right. So uh, I, I love that. So they're the questioner, but they're never going to get out of your car. If we die, we die together. Even though you're going to kill us. So I, I just I just love it. So here we go. Um, The words that describe the sixth person, fearful. uh, You can see why now, because they're wired to go, is anybody else seeing this? And they pretty much believe none of us are. Like nobody else is seeing this. So I got to shout it. Loyal, responsible, committed, procrastinating. We'll talk about that a little bit. And suspicious. Mm -hmm. So there again, the beauty and brutality of our life as a number. The type six value faithfulness reliability, mm-hmm. responsibility, and duty. That's those what they value in themselves yeah. and in those around yeah. them. They often make great leaders. They desire to be prepared, trustworthy, and are conscientious toward others. Above all, they value safety, security, and stability. Which is why I love that Scott is my friend because I am the op- opposite of all three of those things. <laughs> And so he brings some stability some and I bring some crazy. It's awesome. So a healthy six can be a very stabilizing presence in your life and they can be exceptionally resilient and act heroically for a cause. They can ground people in reality and draw out their emotions. They are keenly aware of their surroundings, wanting to keep an eye out, to make the world a safer place. Mm -hmm. To them, the world is a slippery slope full of agendas, according to Suzanne Stabile. In general, sixes live with integrity and high ethical standards. Their word is their bond. Mm -hmm. They will be around long after everyone else has moved on. They are known to provide continuity in their relationships. They are detailed and practical people, Always having a contingency plan in case something goes wrong. Again, those beautiful headlights. They take their time to make wise and careful decisions, sometimes construed as procrastination. So that's where that word came in. Sixes may take a lot longer to do something. And we go, why are you? You're procrastinating. And they are insofar as they're not getting it done. But the reason behind their procrastination is not laziness. Mm -hmm. It is that they haven't fully realized, have we taken care of any possible contingency plans for any possible scenarios that might possibly go wrong in any possible way? And then we'll do it. So they do not like to be pushed or rushed into doing something. They, um, this is driven by their fear of what could go wrong. According to Richard Rohr, sixes are the most common personality in the Western Hemisphere, and their most common vocation is school teachers. Hmm. So because they can plan ahead, get their curriculums done, jump in, be ready for everything. Mm-hmm. So um, here's what we say with sixes. Uh, sixes struggle to trust authority, Again, because sixes, if you're driving the car, the big question is, do you see mm-hmm. everything that could go wrong? So, um, mm. And they have learned to respond in one, two, uh, one of two primary ways toward authority. They either try to win over the authoritative figure in their life in order to feel protected. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win you over so that I have a voice, yeah. so that I can let you know what on earth is going to go yeah. wrong. So I know that you know what I see. Mm-hmm. You with me? they either do that or they will oppose them in order to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. You just have no clue, I'm taking over. Furthermore, unhealthy sexes have a difficult time trusting themselves. So this mm-hmm. is very interesting. Yeah. They don't just not trust others, they don't trust themselves. They are plagued with self-doubt and distrust in their own reasoning and decision-making. They look relentlessly to try to find some structure to hide in, an environment that will reassure them Uh, and make them feel safe and secure and stable. They even worry about their own success because of the possible loss. Mm -hmm. So fear is what drives an unhealthy six, which helps explain why they may have a difficult time with following through. Like the five, they live in their heads. Mm -hmm. However, sixes will let their thoughts run wild. Fives are internalizing Sixes are externalizing. Well, what about this? And what about this? Have we thought about this? And have we done this? Yeah. And is this in place? And I don't think we should mm-hmm. do that. It's always like I'm just letting it all run wild. So much so that they do not. Um, that if they, they that if not curbed, they will begin to worry about what they are going to worry about. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? They worry about what they're going to yeah. worry about. Thinking replaces doing mm-hmm. with a six. In an unhealthy state, six, sixes will protect their fears, I mean, will project their fears onto others, which leads to paranoia. Sixes have a unique way in which they will deal with their fears. Those that tend to withdraw due to fear and anxiety are known as phobic sixes, mm-hmm. and they will make up the majority of the sixes, the unhealthy sixes. The few who face their fears and anxieties with an air of strength and toughness are called. Counterphobic sixes—they yeah. um, will come across as rebellious, aggressive, and outspoken.
0: Yeah, yeah, and even to the point for the counterphobic six, six, because maybe for some of you, you would look in your heart and be like, "Yeah, my my core fear is fear itself," and so like you identify with that heart motivation, but you're like, "But I was afraid of sharks, so I went shark cage diving. I was afraid of." Dying in a plane crash. So I jumped out of a plane and went skydiving. Like yeah. you, you are the kind of person that goes and punches fear right in the face. Yep. And the truth is, is what that is, is the counterphobic six. So you may very well be a counterphobic six where you desire to punch fear in the face. But what that ultimately is, is that's behavior modification,
1: yeah. not heart transformation. It's actually a protection yeah. from your fear this way. I will prove to myself not to be afraid because I'm always feeling afraid. Yeah. So after I punch the shark in the face and I come back, I'm still actually afraid of sharks, yeah. but I can at least say to myself, well, I'm Boom, not afraid of it. sharks because yeah. I've punched a shark yeah. in the face, but I'm actually deadly afraid yeah. of sharks. And so, whereas the other yeah. person never, ever, ever goes in any body like of water, including insane. a swimming, yeah. swimming pool, because yeah. what if there's a shark in the swimming pool? Someone might've put one there. So the, the, the pure versions yeah. of both sides, yeah. right? Yeah. So in its, in its most common form, It is the six constantly needing to see every possible scenario and every possible outcome before they can move forward because they want to make sure they've Mm -hmm. thought about every possible contingency plan. Okay, healthy and at their best, loyal, Hmm. trustworthy, committed, sensible, stable, practical, likable, courageous, supportive, cooperative, prepared, faithful, watchful, and careful. I mean, who doesn't want a six on their team and in their life? That is pretty awesome. In an unhealthy version. Here we go. Um, cautious to the point of frozen. Worried about everything. Controlling. Worst case scenario oriented. Paranoid. Indecisive. Rigid. Timid. Suspicious. Defensive. Self-doubting. Insecure hyper vigilant vulnerable and so you see there the other side of fear that constant like something's going to go wrong something's going to go wrong so uh, again um just remember this we've talked some about the whole idea of where we gravitate toward um in our Mm -hmm. stress point or, or or not so so for example nines out there when you're super stressed guess which negative list you gravitate toward the sixes mm-hmm. negative list. So some of you may be, man, I'm constantly hypervigilant and scared about everything. I must be a six. You might be a nine. That's just a stressed nine. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to behave like an unhealthy six. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, how, exactly. how those stress points become important? Yeah. So yeah, and,
0: and even on the other side, for me as a three, that's where I go in health is into some of the healthy points of the six. So when you read that, right. else, I'm
1: like, yeah, at my best, those are some of the exact yeah. same things that are that I can find present with me. That's right. Me. When um, when Danny's not yeah. stressed, he's loyal and trustworthy and sensible. The threes can be that way. Mm-hmm. So that's what's beautiful yeah. about knowing a, a, the majority of the numbers instead of just your own yeah. is you can also know where you land. So, for example, if you were nine and you're constantly paranoid, you might be going, "Why am I? Stre- what's stressing me out all the time? As a nine, that's causing me to jump mm-hmm. a six. Six is for you. This is the healthy, unhealthy. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Sixes the false narrative. It's not okay to trust myself. Isn't that awesome that that's your... hmm. I can't trust that the decision I'm about to make is going to be the right one until I know everything that could possibly be the outcome of this. So you see how they're head people yeah. too, different than the five. I'm confident because I know everything. Yeah. The sixes are, I'm sure I don't know everything, so I can't do anything. It's not okay to trust myself. That's the false narrative. The defense mechanism, I must be dutiful, diligent, and think everything through in order to be safe and secure. When I am there and dutiful and diligent, I never ever leave, and I've thought everything through, I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Okay, how to best love the type six. Don't shame me or embarrass me for dealing with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Meaning, not like dealing with it like getting... When I feel anxious, don't, don't shame me on that. Because, guys, let me just say this to all of you out there that are not sixes. If our sixes don't have a certain sense of clarity of that this is a dangerous world and they should be anxious, we turn the headlights off. Click. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good way to drive in the dark. You with me? Yeah. So don't embarrass sixes for their anxiety. Encourage me to talk about my fears. And when I do, just listen without trying to solve them. I'm not you can't solve my fear as a six. I'm afraid because in some ways I'm wired to see what is dangerous Help me to focus on the best things that could happen instead of the worst things that could happen Sixes need us to help them see the positive side My friend Scott and I that's why we get along so well on the other side is because I'm an eternal optimist I promise you it's gonna turn out. Well, Mm -hmm. and he's like I promise you it might not And we serve each other so beautifully in our journey together. Help me to focus, I just said that. Tell me directly yet gently when my anxieties are really getting to you. When I'm just being anxious, anxious, you can say to me, Mm -hmm. hey, settle down. There's a lot to be anxious about, I know that, but you are taking Mm -hmm. it beyond that. Just do it gently. Back off when I lose it. It is most likely not aimed at you. Mm -hmm. If I'm like starting to freak out, let it pass, and then come back around and go, oh, that was a little, you know, just don't like try to press it. Okay, be open and honest rather than flattering and overly nice. I feel safe when all the cards are on the table. Like, just tell me how it's gonna be. Give me the full bad news. Mm -hmm. Let me know that you are looking for a way to resolve our disagreements in a constructive manner. Mm. Encourage me to take risks. It is the only way my deepest desire will ever come to fruition. Reassure me that everything is going to be okay. It's okay with the six to say to them often, man, I I know there's a lot here that could go wrong, but I promise you we're gonna get through this. Everything's gonna be okay. Uh, Laugh with me, joke with me. I have to have a good time. So for sixes, a lot of times, just having some fun with them is great for them. Tell me when I'm doing a good job. That's important. Acknowledge and appreciate the fact that I am loyal, responsible, capable, and have the ability to come through in difficult situations. All right. Uh, type sixes, the verses that will be good for you to memorize. Yeah. First John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfectly in love or perfected in love. God's love for us is the answer to trusting the dangers of this world. Mm-hmm. Colossians 3, three 1 Peter five six through seven, John ten twenty seven and twenty mm. through twenty nine, Joshua one nine. The gospel message type sixes need re-spoken to them for healing and growth. I am safe in Jesus Christ, for my life is hidden with God in him. Whatever circumstances may come to fruition that are dangerous, he is bigger than them, and I am safe in him. I have nothing to fear because Jesus took the punishment I deserve for my sins, and I am forgiven for my sins. He is now my rock and my foundation. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, Sixes, you are safe in Christ. Uh, he is your solid God. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and that's why I think uh, such an important word for the six is the word sanctuary. I mean, yes. The word sanctuary is yes. safe place. And the reality is, is we live in a very unsafe world where so much about the world is chaos. Um, so much of it is destructive in some way or another, even places that we would imagine are safe we don't always find them to be safe, but if we can find ultimately safety in Christ, then I think what uh, is Sleeping At Last, the song for the sick says, mm. I think is so, so good. I want to believe. No, I choose to believe that I was made to become a sanctuary. Fear won't go away, but I can keep it at bay and these invisible walls just might keep us safe. With vigilant heart, I'll push into the dark, but I'll learn to breathe deep. Mm. That ultimately it's not on the six to create safety. That's, that's what Jesus does. Jesus creates ultimate safety. But as a reflection of God's desire for courage into the world to press into the dark spaces, the six can be an extension as an ambassador for Christ as a safe place for the world.
1: And that's that right. is a beautiful, In some ways, beautiful the thing. sixes reflect the idea that God is a lamp unto our feet. Yeah. The sixes can become a lamp to us as God uses them and then becomes a safety for the rest of us that shows us a way. What a beautiful way to reflect so God. So is we love you, and we are here for you to continually have some fun with you and draw you into the spaces of awesome. danger and darkness. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, type okay, seven. So here we go. Okay, the joyful person, the enthusiast. Now you know why I get on the stage every week and say, I'm so excited about the next passage we get to, because I really you am. Are. I legit <laughs> am and I'm wired that way, so it's awesome. Okay, uh, entertaining, accomplished, uninhibited, spontaneous. <laughs> I love my next two words. Uh-oh. Manic uh-huh. and scattered. There it is. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Yay, I love it. So, okay, type sevens um, are all about fun, enjoyment, excitement, and entertainment. They generally are the most outgoing and upbeat extroverts on the Enneagram, They light up a room when they walk in for a glowing energy and optimism exudes from them. They constantly look for stimulating ideas and dream of exciting possibilities to find the best that life has to offer. People love to be around sevens because they are magnetic personalities and spontaneous adventurers. With them, everything is good and beautiful they would love to live and die at Disney. So, not totally true of me, but it is in the idea in, of Disney. In, theory, in the, theory, the theory of it. Typically, <laughs> they are the life of the party. They author encouragement, optimism, and hope to others who are struggling. They make the world a happier place in which to live. They long from, They long for freedom without restriction and t- try to keep their options open to every turn. They fear that they may miss out on something. Boredom means that they, have, they will have to face emotional pain, and that is a tragic death sentence to a seven. The second a seven isn't either busy with something fun and adventurous or thinking about the next fun and adventurous thing they're gonna do, they actually have time to be present in the here and now, which includes some pain, and that's a death sentence, because we don't Mm. do pain very well. So we create worlds that we can get away from it. That's getting into the next paragraph, here we go. Okay, Um, sevens paint their life stories in many positive colors, But in many cases, it is anything but beautiful. The way a seven escapes the dark parts of their Mm -hmm. life, where they've been hurt, where they've hurt others, that kind of stuff, is by painting those dark things in beautiful colors. It it was hard, but God uses hard things Mm -hmm. to make beauty. And he's done that in my life so that we don't have to deal with how painful the heart is. Um, To avoid vulnerability and to protect their image that everything is wonderful, they rarely let anyone too close. They are relationally noncommittal. They appear to be full of heart, but they actually live from their head. They carefully think through their lives so that every day promises as much fun and as little pain as possible. Pain, discomfort, and ugly are to be shifted, not felt. Yeah. Therefore, in general, sevens do not know how to grieve anything.
0: So that kind of reminds me of a quote uh, by Walt Disney yeah. uh, where he
1: said, around here,
0: however, we don't look backwards very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors, doing new things because we're curious, and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. And that's really the, like the
1: life strategy of a seven, essentially. But that is Would the life strategy of a seven, yeah. yes. Like I am charting forward. On all the other tests I always took, like strength finders and all yeah. Futurist was always a big part of <laughs> yeah. my deal. You live in the future. My wife says to me often, um, "We are all here. You are somewhere in the future." And I'm like, "Yep, absolutely." Because you, like, you know what? It's great. You know what? The future is safe. Yeah. Because you can make the future be whatever you want it to be, and it has potential. My favorite word in life is potential. Every human has potential. Everything has potential. Current reality includes some ugly. Mm-hmm. So ugly is fine. In the future, because by then it'll be gone. Okay, so here we go. I always say, uh, give me a hard and bad and terrible situation. I will wrap it in a silver lining and toss it into the future like a hand grenade. And then out there, by the time I get back to it, it'll be fine. Time heals everything, says the seven, which isn't actually true. Okay. Sevens are prone to constant stimulation and consumption as a way of distracting themselves from inner anxiety. This serves as a defense strategy against emotional pain. They embrace every experience to its fullest, but are still left hungry for more. So the thing about sevens is they seem to be the most satisfied with every adventure because they're so adventurous, but it is actually an insatiable hunger that can never be filled, so we're always off to the next thing. Find the next vision, find the next adventure, which for a world like America, is an incredible oh. gift because uh, it drives us to the next visionary reality and it builds things like Disney, <laughs> wow. Yeah. But for the seven, it is an insatiable journey that is unfulfilled. So sevens in their most unhealthy space are prone to addictions. Yeah. Gamblers, they risk things beyond what makes sense. They, they jump into things that are addictive because it gives them a false sense yeah. of intimacy. And so, yeah, it, yeah an unhealthy seven can be, a, a, it can be a tough space internally. Um, here we go. They constantly look for the next thing um, and uh, experience to satisfy them, to heal them, and to make them happy. Scaling the bigger, better, and more exciting thing. But these are not found in things or activities, things like healing and, um, and ha- happiness. With them, happiness is something to be attained from the outside as opposed to being resourced from within, Many sevens love to travel, primarily because it takes them away from their present heaviness and does not require them to maintain day-to-day relationships. They are thrill-seekers prone to gluttony and have a uh, proclivity toward addictions that include chronic anxiety. Unhealthy sevens often fall into the trap of cheap grace in their Christian lives. So... Seven's energy and fun-seeking give them a reputation for having a life everyone wants. However, keeping this reputation up can be a source of stress to them. Like threes, sevens can be caught up in ego inflation. However, whereas threes avoid failure, sevens avoid pain. I don't care about failure. The pain that comes with failure, I fill with telling you how failure is falling forward. Yeah. That's right, baby, I failed, but I just learned some cooler stuff. Threes are like, I failed, oh no, it's deadly. So sixes and sevens can often be opposed. Sixes tend to be pessimistic, where sevens are eternal optimists. While twos tend to store up love, sevens store up happiness.
0: How? So you mentioned a second ago about uh, just the constant desire for more and more things and more adventures can lead to come, kind of an image of like, oh, wow, this person's the ultimate adventurer, essentially, in life. And I would imagine in in the world we live in, in a world of social media, where we see on our friends, on on news feeds all the time, our friends who may in fact be sevens, that they're off doing marvelous adventures all over the world while we are sitting in the monotony of life. Do you imagine that? It, that, that would have been a struggle
1: for you at some point in your life.: Yeah, I'll tell, you, I, I'll tell you where um, sevens struggle a, a, a great deal, I think, in understanding where they tend to hurt the world and where they tend not to. Yeah. And again, when we hurt the world, we just pretend we don't and we move mm-hmm. away from those spaces. So where does the primary reality of um, things like reliability, yeah. monotony, just working at something... Uh, happen and where do you tend to face the greatest amount of pain and reality in close relationships so with my friends or my spouse or my children this is the spaces where we do life folks Mm -hmm. but that life includes hurting each other paining each other Mm -hmm. it includes the hard work of intimacy where do you not face any of that in a crowd yeah in a crowd so why are sevens the life of the party because crowds are easy for sevens Mm -hmm. do you know why because in a crowd, you are, you are, you feel uplifted because the crowd looks at you mm. and they go, look at that seven, charging ahead, next adventure, visionary, yeah. lights up a room and I <laughs> can create everything but pain in a room like that. Or to a person that I have no deep relationship, ongoing relationship with, put me at a table with that person, bring me some hopelessness. I will bring you hope and not false hope. Yeah. I mean, when I have the gospel, so, so that's one, one of the reasons I love what I get to do as a pastor is when life is struggling for people I'm around in our congregation, if you need me to stay with them and follow up with them for 20 weeks, journeying with them through the hard monotony of bringing them out of a hard relationship, I will let you down, fail you, and you will be deeply disappointed because that's a hard space for me. Yeah, But absolutely. in the moment of the crisis where it's really hard and you feel lost and hopeless, Get me at your table. And I will genuinely bring to that space the beauty and light and hope and optimism Mm -hmm. that God brings to that space and give you light to see past the darkness. I do that very well. But you can imagine now in my close relationships, how Brooke, my wife, often feels like, when I need you most present, when things are hardest, you either escape those spaces with, let's let's go on a date night somewhere Mm -hmm. fun. Why are we doing that? Because today was a hard day. That's my solution to every hard day. Let's go have some fun. Or I do this. I enter it and I go like this to her. Now I hear you, that sounds really hard. Our, our, Our home is a tough place right now. But the good news is in two years, three of our kids will go to college. We'll only be down to five and the five will have learned a bunch by then because we're disciplining them well and teaching them well and they'll be awesome. And then we'll have awesome kids and and we'll be awesome and our marriage will be awesome. And so the good news is, even though it might be hard right now, it's not gonna be hard soon. And then she's like, I am, what? Here, hello, here. And so one of the greatest gifts that understanding who I am from the Enneagram was Mm. is realizing that my work is to become courageous enough with heart and pain that instead of constantly finding a solution in optimism and hope that can take us out of here, Mm. I first learn to live in it. Mm. Just let me sit here and try to understand what's hard about this. And then I can say now, part of what makes this okay is some hope. Let's talk about that. But I don't have to use hope as an escape. I can use hope as a reality. So for me as a seven, that's what I try to do now. Am I using hope as an escape? Or am I using hope as a light to this dark place? So uh, here's some words for sevens, right? Uh, Us crowd people that love making the crowd happy, but have a hard time in ongoing relationships. Mm -hmm. Fun loving, spontaneous, enthusiastic, entertaining, charming, visionary, engaging, playful, productive, versatile, optimistic, excited, and carefree. I want to be around sevens. Well, I am a seven, but I like sevens. <laughs> By the way, uh, sevens are so good at escaping anything hard. I always joke with people, if you tell a seven that they're terrible, the seven thinks, I'm so sad that you don't know me well. You, you get that? Like, I'm sad that you think I'm terrible. Because I, I, I'm good. Yeah. Even if I'm actually terrible, but I can't face that. Are you with me? So here, here we are at our worst. This is, this is where we go. Scattered, impulsive, unreliable, escapist, superficial, reckless, excessive, flighty, distracted, manic, addicted, thrill seekers, narcissists. Mm-hmm. So at our worst, that's who we are. Um, the sevens, um, false narrative. Yeah, It is not okay to feel pain. And the defense mechanism against that. I will be satisfied and happy... If I stay busy, enjoy all the pleasures in life and keep a positive outlook. Those of you sevens out there like me, if your standard answer to everything hard is this, just stop being so negative, be positive. You wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning with a quote on your mirror, positivity makes all things well. My attitude is everything. Mm -hmm. That's a very American thing to do. That could be a way to escape just being present and facing some of the hard in reality. I must live in the future by pursuing the next thing. I must be fun and entertained. Mm -hmm. So there's the seven, here we go. How to best love a seven, I'll buzz through this. Let's go. Um, Appreciate my optimism, spontaneity and enthusiasm. Be be spontaneous with me at times. Don't always try to box me in. You try to keep me boxed in, I'm gonna get a little frustrated because I wanna just get out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Listen to me when I share my stories and grand visions. (laughs) Uh, meanwhile, don't let me do all the talking, but gently make me listen to you. Sorry, I know we're out of time very soon, but I gotta say this oh, one okay. thing. Yeah. So, um, my wife and I, for the first 10 years of our marriage, pl- probably more, okay, th- this is our entire life story. I roll in with another grand story or vision. We've got, we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna try that, and it's gonna be awesome. My wife is a one. So she is very practical and precise. She sees the flaws in everything and then reforms them, right? So here comes a seven with a grandiose vision that is so flawed, it's ridiculous. But I don't see any of the flaws. I just see the vision. Then my wife would immediately respond with my vision, with pointing out to me why this vision clearly can never happen because of its magnitude of flaws. She's, I always called her the balloon popper. I blow the balloon up and she goes, Pow, and the whole balloon dies. Over. And I walk away from my wife going, she is a vision killer. But I'm a seven, so I'm optimistic and I wrap a, a, a silver lining around that. My wife's just trying to be helpful. Mm-hmm. So for 10 years, we did that. Then she'd go for three days in process she'd work all the flaws out in that grand vision and fix it. Come back to me three days later and say, you know that thing you shared three days ago? I figured out how we can do it. And I'd go, what What thing? Because I've moved into the future. I'm past that stupid idea. I've got a new idea. And I'd go, oh, that's fine. But look at this one. And she'd go, pop. And I'd go, and she'd go, figure it out and bring it back to me. And that was our whole life. So she constantly felt like you just throw new stuff at me all the time. We never get anything done. And I constantly felt like you pop every idea. Mm-hmm. Now, 22 years into marriage and understanding each other, I know I bring ideas to her. I try to not bring them to her until they're stuck in my head for a week. Because otherwise they're just seven ideas, right? When I do bring them, she's learned to listen to my idea, nod, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when she's done, she's like, okay, well, that, that sounds really interesting. I, I'll, I'll think about that some. It could, it could be a great idea. And I go... Thank you then she goes and processes and comes back and tells me how we might get them done and you know what the fruit of a seven's vision and a one's incredible reforming beauty is uh mosaic church oxen coffee love made visible our lives eight kids it is the combination of an insane seven and a insane one living together and learning to love one another so this goes well when you do it well this yeah. goes badly when you yeah. do it badly sorry i'm getting off track here we go okay Remind me that problems are not, don't simply go away. That's <laughs> helpful, because I just believe they're gonna disappear. That I need to face them as opposed to denying them and glossing over them. Encourage me to be still. Just stop, rest, take it all in. Um, uh, uh, Stephen Smith is one of my mentors, does soul care a lot. Mm-hmm. He does yeah. this to me all the time. He's like, stop being a Joshua and be an Enoch. Stop charging for the next adventure. And just be with God a little bit. So it's been super helpful. Um, Help me to get in touch with my deeper feelings, not my surface feelings, and help me to stay in touch with them enough to express them. Remember that I'm terribly afraid of painful emotions. Tend to run from them. I need you to gently help me face my emotional reality. Mm -hmm. Be gentle with your criticism of me and my ideas. This is an interesting one. When you criticize me as a seven you think you can do it straight on without thought because my response to you will always be positive. Hey, thanks so much for that. That's very helpful. But actually I'm walking away going, man, that hurt because my ideas suck. Mm -hmm. So the point is, even though I don't express that your direct criticism of me hurt me, it did. I'm just pretending it didn't because I'm a seven. Mm. So be gentle with criticism of me because I'm just trying to be awesome for your sake to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't need you to tell me that I'm terrible at it. But tell me the truth. Okay, here we go. Uh, verses for seven, John 10, 10, The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. My life is not found in the millions of things I can go and find mm. it in it, outside of me. It's found in Christ. John 15, four and 11, abide in me. That's a big one. 1 Peter 2, 19 and 21, Uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1. So these are good things to memorize. Finally, a gospel message for sevens. Jesus is my true and lasting joy. Only he can satisfy the longings of my heart. In him and only him do I have life to the fullest. I will tell you as a seven that I believe by God's grace has become healthy. The reason I am a healthier seven is not because I've figured out more ways to enjoy all this. I don't find a lot of significance in the ministry of Mosaic and Oxum and all that. Like I probably would have as a seven that was a little more unhealthy. I have come to a place in my life where I've found such extraordinary beauty in Christ and the ongoing adventure that exploring him is that I find most of my joy in life now exploring the gospel and Christ more and more. So I've diverted much of my seven needs to go explore the next Mm. thing, to just go, Jesus is an adventure beyond anything. There's more of him to know than I will ever know. So I can just go know him more and more. And there's enough there for any seven to find everything that we will ever need to fulfill us. And so Christ, once again, ultimately becomes the answer to the seven. So there's the seven in a nutshell.
0: So good. Learning how to sit in the presence of mm. God through the power of the Holy Spirit as we submit and surrender to the gospel. Amen. That is so beautiful right now. Yep. Um, we have just a couple more minutes. Kay. So I thought we could just fire through a couple quick um, quick questions sure. that we've been getting in uh, before we... Hope your lunch hour is rolling a yeah, bit here, guys. Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions that we've gotten a few different times, I just wanted to touch on them briefly, yeah. is about tests. We've had some people say I have went on a gospel yeah, yeah. Enneagram or wherever else. Yeah. I took the Enneagram test and uh, I came up with two numbers that are both like right around the same number. Okay, Could great. it be a hybrid?
1: Is that okay. possible? Great. So let me, let me give you a very quick summary of how I found this to work best, okay? So uh, when, we, when we are in a test, uh, when we're taking the test on the Enneagram, uh, there's a couple of things that are gonna happen. One, we're gonna test on different levels, on different numbers, and you may find that you're fairly high on two or three numbers very close maybe mm-hmm. on two. Um, part of that is because we certainly are not a single number as a human. Like this is not a box. Like, you're a seven, nothing else whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, all of us can find ourselves uh, having, uh, identifying with parts of numerous mm-hmm. numbers, right? And so when we take the test, the expectation is you'll be high on some numbers and low on some numbers. When you have say two or three numbers that are very close, Go read the paragraphs or the chapters on those numbers. And here's what I tell people: sometimes when you're close, one of those three numbers, what you feel when you read the chapter, mm-hmm. like what it's saying, you feel like that's what you want to focus on, not how you behave. Here's why: in our culture, we have all modified our behaviors to match our exactly. cultural contexts. Okay. So, good. so I was just talking to somebody actually um, this this afternoon, but right before this podcast, and she tests as a two. But she read the chapter on two and said, I identify with much of how this behaves. But then she read the chapter on the eight and she's like, oh, I can't even listen to this chapter. It's making me that mad because it feels so much like me. And she realized that as a woman who's an eight in our culture, who was treated like that was wrong, especially in Christian circles, she started behaving like a two all the time because that was valued in Christian circles. And now after 30 years of that, When she writes a test and it says, do you think this way or this way? Do you do this or this? She's going to mark things that twos would mark. But when she reads the chapter, she's like, I'm an eight. So she's an eight, nine, right? Because the kind of eight she is, is the peacemaker eight, which means when she wanted to find something to become, two made sense Mm -hmm. because that brought peace to people. So here's what I encourage you. Take the test. That's your starting point. Then go read the chapters. The one you find is probably you. The secondary number is the one that you'll identify with, mm-hmm. know that number, because you'll be like that in some ways. Your wing is not your secondary number. It's the kind of number you are. So if I'm a oh, seven sure. yeah. with an eight wing, it's not that I'm like an eight. It's the kind of seven I am mm-hmm. is the eight. Yeah. And the kind of seven I am with a six wing is different. Yeah. So I hope that kind of very quickly yeah. covers a yeah. bunch.
0: Absolutely. Because essentially, Venogram is all about our
1: heart motivation. What is your greatest heart motivation? Not right. about, yeah. because
0: tests, really, those just take care of superficial things. And by so, the
1: way, you're not supposed to get it right. I found my number and I know. I might be in I, Which number you identify with, start there and live that out. Know yourself, know others. Yeah, try it on. Try it and on. And see if that fits. Yeah. And a great other resource that we've talked about that we want to point you back to is the Sleeping at Last podcast. Guys, listen to me. Yeah. Go listen to the Sleeping at Last songs and then go listen to the podcast and that will help you better than any test of book kind of identify with which of those close things you Absolutely. probably more land on. Yeah,
0: yeah. And if you have any other questions next week, uh, go ahead and email your questions into lunch hour at thisismosaic.org. Any questions, maybe it's about Enneagram stuff, about any past weeks or about anything we haven't really gotten to talk about yet. We'd love to answer those questions next week as our topic The is. whole hour next week. Ask, Ask anything. anything. I love great. it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week.
1: Thanks, guys. Been great to be
0: with you.